Hi, I'm Colleen. And I'm Ankit. And you're listening to the LDR Podcast. and welcome back to the LDR podcast. Today we'll be talking to a dear friend of mine, Allegra Abbas, about what it's like trying to define the relationship from a distance. Yeah, we never had to deal with that problem. I know, we are super lucky where we, in the four, on the fourth date that we had, the fourth date in a row, Right before I moved to Chicago, we decided, let's just try it out. Let's just try and do the long-distance relationship. Yeah, and we, I think we just decided to be official. Yeah, well, I think that was because of the distance. Like, I think it really, for us, the distance actually really accelerated everything. Because it was like, okay, if I'm going to move to this new city and give up my single girl life. I want to make sure that I'm with someone who's committed to me. I don't want to, you know, miss the opportunity of having fun and being single in a new city if we're not serious. Not that I was saying from day one that we had to get married, but I wanted to know that we were committed. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. And well, we did know each other for quite a bit. We knew each other for months Except, I guess we actually dated for four days. (laughs) And then... No, it's true. Yeah, and then I guess we were just official. But, I mean, we still kept... We were still in the dating phase. We were just exclusive. Yeah. Yes. But, like, not just exclusive. We called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. We put the labels on it. We defined the relationship. So we did that pretty early on, but that's not always how it goes. In fact, I think most of the time, that's not how it goes. I don't know, though. In LDR, I would love to hear, have people comment on our Instagram or email us, because I'm really curious if the majority of people started out in a relationship or started out in a situationship, as Allegra calls it, which that's my new favorite word. (laughs) because for me the distance is really like I said it's such an accelerator you have to really feel committed to the person and in order to feel committed for me I wanted to know that you were my boyfriend that makes sense but there's all kinds of situations and that's the fun of talking to all these different people that we have on the show absolutely and I was there for a large part of the beginning of Allegra's relationship and for me it was really interesting to see a completely different version of an LDR that was not anything like the one that I was currently in yeah I'm excited to talk to Allegra and learn more about it yeah so I guess without further ado let's bring Allegra out on the show
Allegra is another friend whom I met during my year as an au pair. We got to share some amazing memories from the year I moved to Chicago. She has been there for the entire evolution of my and Ankit's relationship. In the same way, I have also seen her through the entire evolution of hers. So it's always fun for us to talk with her. Welcome to the show, Allegra. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm even more excited to be here. (laughs) It's so fun to see you again. It's been a while. I know. When's the last time that you guys have seen each other? Was it in Chicago? Yeah, I think I saw her last in Chicago. When we watched Bend It Like Beckham on my couch. <laughs> yes. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> it was so fun. Well, why don't, you, why don't you start off by just a little intro on you, where you're from, where you're currently living, and also tell us about your partner a little bit. Okay, definitely. So I, my name is Allegra, obviously. Um, I currently live in Chicago. I can't believe it, but I've been here five years. Five years? Um, Colleen and I met, yeah, so you and I met like seven years ago now, which is insane, in Paris. Um, I am originally from Cincinnati, Ohio area in a small town called Hamilton, Ohio, And my boyfriend, Zach, lives in that small town in Ohio. So our long distance isn't as crazy as yours. (laughs) Just a five-hour drive. But it's still tough. Yeah, five-hour drive is, we've done that one too, and it's not fun. As long as it's above a certain threshold, it's long distance. And you have most of the challenges showing up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, once a month instead of every few months for you. For you too. Yeah, but yeah, but we've we've graduated to that. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Leveled up. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us a little background on how you guys met? For sure. So it's pretty funny because we actually knew each other growing up. Um, we're from the same hometown. We went to the same school growing up um, in high school, and I played soccer with his sisters. Um, starting when I was about 10 years old. So he was always the older, cute brother in my peripherals. <laughs> and his his dad was actually my soccer coach. Um, so I've always known him. But two and a half years ago, a mutual, very close family friend to both of our families had a 4th of July party. I was visiting my parents and I knew he had recently moved back but hadn't thought about him in 10 years or his family really in 10 years. Um, And he was there and the sparks were crazy. Um, And it just went from there. That's awesome. So have you, have you been in an LDR before? No. And uh, he is my first um, serious relationship as well. So before really knowing him obviously I had dated around and gone on many dates um and I never really thought I would find myself in a long distance relationship I always thought they would be too much work but here we are for the right person and now what do you think is it too much work it was but that's what we'll get into during this podcast in terms of defining the relationship. But now it is not. It is great. We are better than ever. So how did you guys start doing the distance? 
Yeah. So when we met um, at that party, we pretty much just started texting each other nonstop for a couple of months. Um, so it had been a good month or two, I believe, before we had the chance to hang out one-on-one -on -one after meeting each other at the party. And he was in Chicago. And when we did hang out that night, I was like, okay, yes. It wasn't just the drinks at the party. <laughs> and the more we spoke, the more um, I learned of how much we had in common. I have never met anyone. And I think why this became long distance um, where we had connected on literally every aspect of our life. I don't know anyone where I um, have similarities to really our thoughts and beliefs and yes, um, as I do with him. So I fell pretty hard and fast. <laughs> and then for a few months, we, we were kind of feeling it out. We weren't really sure. I, at least I wasn't sure where it was going. And we know after a while, he definitely didn't know what he wanted to do. <laughs> and after about six months, um, we would see each other every so often in person, but we would just talk constantly virtually. Um, I asked for it to be exclusive and I said, I'm not dating anyone else, are you? And then henceforth, we were in what I like to call a situationship where, <laughs> <laughs> and for those listening, you're like, what is that? It is where you act like you're in a relationship without the serious parts of it. So we, our families didn't know about each other. We didn't meet the families and it really wasn't at that upper echelon of an actual <laughs> relationship, but one-on-one -on -one we were in one, but we wouldn't have titles or that sort of thing. Um, and as time, he told me in that conversation, he was not ready to be in one, but I wanted, I had already fallen in love with him. So I kind of just let it happen, which we'll talk more about today. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's how it happened. But I will say today, it, it has a happy ending, everyone. So the, <laughs> the situationship is where you were exclusive? Yes. But you hadn't told family. Right. I, I love that. And in those six months prior to when you decided to become exclusive, how would you guys refer to the relationship, even to each other? Like, because you were talking and you guys were able to see each other at some point in those six months, right? Right. <clears throat> so when we did see each other, I think it was like in October, we met like in the beginning of July. So after a few months... I was like, I really like you. Like, you <laughs> He's like, I really like you too. Let's see where this goes. Um, and we both told each other we weren't seeing anyone else. But at that point, I didn't officially ask for it to become exclusive until Christmas time. And then after that, um, we were in that situation for about a year and a half. Um, and as time went on, I know. <laughs> I knew what I really wanted was for it to become
become official and get to that next level after we had been doing that for a while. But so I would say that and exactly what I wanted, but he was in a unique situation with his family and um it was tricky because when he said he wasn't ready to be in a relationship yet it was easy to make excuses for him because I knew Mm -hmm. exactly what was going on and I knew Mm -hmm. that he was a good person and he is he's an amazing man that's why I fell in love with him so it was really hard for me to want to leave even though I should have a lot earlier on into that situation because it wasn't serving me after a while and I was trying to force it into being like a relationship because he kept giving me enough to hang on and saying I do want to be with you one day I just can't right now which I knew why he couldn't and the thing is the we won't talk about the reasons but they were super right. valid like they right Colleen it, knows we talked about this every day in Chicago <laughs> Part of my workday was going down at lunch and getting the update from Allegra. Right, exactly. So, But it was super yeah. understandable, but also equally frustrating because as your friend, I wanted you to be out of the situationship because you deserved the full relationship. But at the same time, I mm-hmm. totally understood where he was coming from. And he did have so much on his plate. But again, right. this is a great story of sometimes it does just take time and you know, mm-hmm. things don't have to progress overnight. I think we're just so used to the world that we live in of everything happening at 600 miles an hour. Right. And and really, when he would tell me those things, I did believe him. Um, but after a while, it got to the point where I couldn't wait any longer. So it had been a year and a half at that point. I eventually broke down and told my family because I was in love with this person and I wanted to work out and I just had gotten to the level where I was just exploded and had to tell them um, because it was obvious like I was lying when I was home and saying oh I'm gonna go hang out with this friend but I would really be with him and it was just a lot of I don't want to say deceit but I was sick of lying about something that was positive in my life right Um, and I tried to hang on as long as I could, but then I couldn't anymore. And it was really tough because it it was such a good lesson to learn. And while it was happening, I knew what was going on and that I should leave. But just part of me was like, just hang on, you can do it. Um, because again, I had never met someone and I had never honestly really been in love before as I had. So I think that's, it was just a myriad of reasons kind of combining and making me stay. So were you the one who approached uh, moving to the next stage or did he just let it happen? And then he made the move at some point. Yeah. So long story short, <laughs> so many different layers to our relationship. Um, when we were in the situationship phase for a year and a half, I think every couple of months I would I would want to check in with him and say, you know, where's your head at? Are you still into this? Like, um, eventually I did tell him, like, I'm in love with you. So like, I want this to work. <laughs> Where are you? And each time he would 
kind of tell me the same story. Like, yes, I want to be with you. I'm just not ready right now. And again, Celine and I said those reasons were very valid. So it was hard for me to be like, okay, I'm leaving then. But then eventually I gave him kind of an ultimatum because I had waited around for so long. And I said, by Christmas, you need to introduce me to your family and I want to introduce you to mine. And if and not, at what point was this at? Like how long have you guys been talking at this point that you gave him this ultimatum? A year and a half. Well, actually the ultimatum, ultimatum happened after a year and a half, um, but I brought it up, I think in fall. So I gave him quite a long time to really think about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to that point, I brought it up at Christmas and I said, okay, and he just totally dropped the ball. Um, and obvi- he he wasn't ready to be confrontational with me about really what he was willing to do. And instead of, he didn't want to give me that news, I think. So he just kind of would see if I wouldn't bring it up. And it was really hard <laughs> because I had to break my own heart. Um, so this is a lesson to all of you listening. <laughs> if someone is not meeting your standards, this is what I had to learn. You have to not give them more than what they're putting into it, um, which is what I was doing for a long time. I was driving the relationship. I was taking a lot of the initiative um, to make it all work and, and taking on all of that emotional labor as well because I wanted it to work so badly. I wanted to be with him. And I will say, I, though, one of the things that I saw in during that time is you were really great at communicating your needs. Like you were constantly having these conversations with him and doing check ins, being like, hey, you know, I'm feeling this sort of way because I, you know, my love languages are these and you're not necessarily mm-hmm. doing those actions for me that or maybe even like you used to do this, but now you don't do it as much. And I want that back. You were really, really good at that. So it was never a surprise to him how you were feeling. Right. And I think because it was long distance, I had to get good at that, um, which was interesting because I would I used to hate confrontation. I hated it. I hated it. But I mean, when you're in long now distance, you love it, it forces you to. <laughs> it forces you to have these tough conversations often because, and I know, Anka and Colleen, you know this very well, the way a long distance relationship, the only way it can work is if one of you is willing to make that sacrifice and close the gap at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, at that point, um, around after a year and a half, I did have to break my own heart and say, I've waited and you said eventually it would happen and you dropped the ball, which is really sad. Um, but in reality, he was breaking my heart as time went on, even though he would give me enough at certain points, but it was inconsistent. So that's why it was so difficult and it took so long for me to leave. Um, and luckily, some time passed and we found each other again and just became really great in um, taking initiative to try to move the relationship forward. And we still had to work through a lot of it. Um, he had to gain my trust back. Um, and now it's better than ever and amazing. But I do want to say for those who are 
maybe in a place where things aren't defined in their relationship and they're scared to have that conversation. I don't want people to think, oh, well, if they don't want a relationship with me, I'll just walk away and then they'll come back because Mm. my situation is very unique. Um, I was lucky that I did end up getting, you know, my boyfriend (laughs) and the way I wanted it to be all along. But if you do have that tough conversation and they aren't willing to define it and you are wanting to define it, You might not end up together, but that's okay because it opens the door for you to find someone who is willing to put that time and effort in to be with you. Absolutely. It's very much like that saying of if you love something, let it go. And if it's meant to be, it'll come back to you, which is a really annoying trope. But it's true that like (laughs) if you – I think getting the distance away and getting some separation and time – really help put things in perspective particularly for him to be like okay this person's amazing I don't want to lose her you know are the sacrifices that I have to make like you are amazing (laughs) do I can I do the sacrifices that she wants me to and Mm -hmm. you know it he needed the time and I think removing yourself from the equation was also healthy for you absolutely and Another annoying trope, what is meant for you will find you. You shouldn't have to chase it. Obviously, you have to put some effort in. Yeah. (laughs) But I was trying to force something that wasn't, it had to cook a little longer, you know? (laughs) Do a little slow burn. Put in the slow cooker. (laughs) It all has worked out, and I'm very Yeah, it's a a trade-off between making an effort, but still maybe giving it time. It's it's a delicate dance. Right. And you should not, especially in the early stages of dating, you know, for those who might have just met someone and you don't live in the same place, it's tough because maybe you're still in a, in a phase where you're trying to figure out what you want and that's fine. Um, but if you know what you want and you still haven't had that conversation, that's scary. And I think yeah. a, lot, a pitfall a lot of people make today in modern dating is they go to the, the other person and say, well, where do you see this going? But what I learned is you should not ask it in that way. You should come to them and say, I really like spending this time with you. And I've, you know, I have strong feelings for you. And this is what I would like out of the relationship. This is what I would like to happen. And if they don't meet you there, or you find yourself putting a lot more effort in than they are, rather than you really have to assess and understand that. You're but I assume you felt some commitment from him, even when you were not ready to define the relationship. How did you feel yes, that? Yes, inconsistently. So that was tough. And I think that's one of the reasons why I could hang on so long. And not to say that this was healthy by any means when we first started. Because he would, um, I've heard communication experts call it love bombing, where Mm -hmm. they give you a lot, or when we would see each other, things would be perfect. And then when you're apart, you just have question marks swirling your head because it's like, well, they were so great to me for this amount of time, and then they stopped. So what's Mm -hmm. going on? Um, But you can hold on to that point in time where they were good to you. 
now I don't, and I don't want people to think that I'm a Prince Alpha person because he's amazing. Um, no, but I think your honesty is great. I was hoping you would be this honest with us because I think that's the yeah. thing is everyone likes to paint relationships as rosy and perfect. And I think especially that you do have a happy ending that you were able right. to get through, but there was a lot of shit that you had to work through in order to mm-hmm. get to this point. And for some people out there, I think defining the relationship is something that they really struggle with. And in this scary. day and age, it's super scary. And also there's such a pressure, at least in the States anyway, I can't really mm-hmm. talk about outside of the States. I don't know if Ankit, you have, mm-hmm. I'm sure in India, defining the relationship is probably different, but also a lot of pressure of as soon as you're talking to someone, you're trying to figure out, well, are we exclusive? What does this mean? And you just put mm-hmm. so much pressure on it and right. putting a label on it that you, st- you start thinking you of get marriage. Caught up in it. Well, not really, but you start thinking yeah. of well, <laughs> if I tell my parents, they're gonna think about marriage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally, the fourth date, you called your mom, being like, "Hey, I started dating this girl," and she's like, "Awesome. When is the wedding?" And she was dead serious. <laughs> she was not joking. She's like, "When? How do you want to set this up?" <laughs> what is dating literally she's like so does this mean december wedding what are we Baby? doing literally <laughs> yeah the dynamics of relationships can be complicated and it's not a direct mm-hmm. product of how good the people are you can right. be wonderful right. people but the way your relationship goes can be very complicated and can mm-hmm. be like it's it's a very it's a separate issue how good or wonderful people you are. Right. It's the situations yeah, I, and everything comes into play. Absolutely. And I also learned that people will treat you I think not people in general, but if you are dating or in a relationship or in the early stages of a relationship Um, I think mostly in the early stages of dating, people will treat you as terribly as you let them. So Mm -hmm. if they're not really sure what they want to do and they are being inconsistent with how they treat you, if you let that continue on and you don't state your standards, that will continue to happen. Um, So with my boyfriend and I, it was tricky because I would try to state my standards over time. It's like, okay, hang on, hang on. I, and he would get better after I would say things and I would drop off again because of, you know, those outside forces um, mm-hmm. and other things he was dealing with. So, yeah, it's a tricky dance, as you said, on Kit. <laughs> but it's, it's important to just keep checking in with yourself, too. Um, that's more important than checking in with, you know, the person you're dating or your partner. Um especially in the early stages and when you are in a place where you know, okay, I do want to be in a relationship with this person. (laughs) Um, That's when you have to not so much say, where do you see this going? But tell them where you want it to go. And Mm -hmm. if they can't say what you want them to hear, then you have to really take it. It might feel like a knife to the heart, but (laughs) you can't keep letting them string you along which is a hard lesson I learned. You have to cut it off. I'm so proud of you though, girl. Like 
watching the growth that you made through this relationship, I think this is what you needed that you needed mm-hmm. to be able to learn how to state what you want and what you need in a relationship. And, and then, like you said, when you weren't still weren't getting it, being able to walk away is one of the hardest things you have to do when you love someone. And for you to do that, like, I'm so happy that you were able to do that. And now that has made you a better partner for Zach, because like you said, you've showed him your self-worth of what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, mm-hmm. and what you can put up with and what is a deal breaker for you. And now he's on it and he respects it. And that's why you guys are better than ever. And I'm just so happy for you that it's been a long road, Thank but it's you. been a great transformation. I Road, but we made it. You made it. You're here. You and made it's so it. Good. So, at what point did you guys decide to finally become official, and what do you think changed that made him ready? Right. So, after we had been apart for a couple of months, um, he was still trying to. And this is the tough part because I ended it and he was still trying to communicate like things hadn't ended. And that's when you have to be really tough and say, no, (laughs) like it's so easy, especially in long and long distance because we have our phones now and you can just text someone whenever. Um, So I did, I wanted to talk to him so badly, (laughs) just go on like we were still together, but I had to stay strong. Um, But eventually, you know, he was persistent, which I was happy he was, um, because it showed me that he was serious about wanting to be with me. And we had a couple of phone calls where we really had long discussions about what he wanted and what I wanted. Um, So then I agreed to give him another chance. That's not to say we were official at that point, but just to try things out again and I was pretty much like let's see what your actions do because you can tell me all these nice things but you know at the end of the day it depends on what you do Mm. luckily for me he you know he always is an angel but (laughs) things were great um and we took some time to really I I could see him trying and taking initiative um, with us and for us. And he visited me a few times. And then after a a few months of doing this, of kind of getting to know each other again, and um, I was trusting him again, he asked me, you know, to be official. on one of his visits. In that period, did you guys have to start back at zero or was it you were, you both knew that you were exclusive. It just was again, that period of defining the relationship that was the next step. Yeah. I think it was the period of, I had to gain or he had to gain my trust back. So I think that period of time, I mean, I was dating people before he like asked to really try again Um, not seriously, but, you know, going on dates and things, but after he really was taking the initiative and said, I want to be with you, that's when I stopped talking to other people and 
um, it was really about working through the past issues um, of the situation shift. So I was still really hurt. So it took a good five or six months of us wow. um, working through it before um, I think I could trust him again. And um, it did get to the point when I had started really trusting him again, I was like, so when are you going to ask me to be official? Because I'm not being in limbo again. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing limbo again. So, you know. Well, you guys did it. And he did um, after a bit longer. So, and, and now things are wonderful, as I keep saying. Perfect. <laughs> and not to say, you know, every couple has their mm-hmm. things that they go through, but that's, it, it was a process from, quote unquote, getting back together to making it totally official. So now you're kind of used to being in a long distance relationship. Yes. Yes. And and luckily, there is a major light at the end of the tunnel now. I was You've just about a... to ask, what are your what are your upcoming plans of closing the gap? Yeah, so it's nice too, and I think what helped with our relationship is, you know, my parents still live there where where he lives, so um, we could see each other pretty often in that sense too. Of any time I come home, I can mm-hmm. get you know see him, see my family, see my friends that still live there, and he actually has a child. So um, when it came to the closing the gap conversation. I always knew if I were to end up with him that I could not expect him to come to me, but it's nice because it is my hometown. So yeah, it's It's not not like a hardest decision. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have conversations about that or was it always kind of just assumed like due to the nature of his life and his work? I I think when we when we were like really getting back together, I did bring up almost non-negotiables for me. I said, this is what I want in my future. I want marriage and I want kids. So if you don't want that or see that with me, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) And then as you know, we got through that step um, and in the closing the gap conversations, it wasn't really like, asking each other it was mostly me stating like I understand I I want you to know I would never expect you to move to me like I'm fully expecting to move to you so it's mostly me just making sure he knew that nice Mm -hmm. I think it's something I'd come to terms with a long time ago so what are your plans for the time being obviously with COVID nothing set in stone but well officially Uh, My lease is up in Chicago at the end of August, so we will be looking at places when I visit Cincinnati in March, and hopefully we can find something, even though it's pretty far ahead, but yeah, we're planning to move in together this September, which I am over the moon about. That's awesome. So exciting. I'm like trying to contain my excitement, so I'm not like (laughs) screaming in the microphone, but... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I am, and it's helpful. I mean, luckily with COVID, you know, it's nothing as intense as your situation. We are so lucky where I have a car, he has a car, so we still have been able to see each other every month. Um, so, gosh, my heart goes out to like you and be 
who is very uncertain right now. Um, so we have been very lucky in that sense. Um, but I think, you know, I live in a studio in Chicago and my whole life is in this one room. So it's been really tough for me and it's been yeah. lonely. But now having, we've been really good about planning each month and like knowing it the exact weekend. So it's kind of like we always have something to look forward to. And now we have something even bigger to look forward to. So that's really helped me during COVID. And how do you Perfect. feel though about giving up your life in Chicago? Because you do have a really fun life. You're very active. You have tons of friends. It's oh, a very yes. different pace. And Chicago is mm-hmm. one of the best cities in the world. Yes. Chicago. And I'm sad yeah. that you won't be there, that I can't I have an excuse to come to Chicago. We do love Chicago. Oh, Chicago is amazing. And it's bittersweet to be leaving Chicago. But it is funny because in my adolescence, and going into adulthood, I kind of always pictured myself moving back home to settle down. Um, so even before I met Zach, so I was like, if it works out that way, I would love for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm lucky it did work out that way. Maybe I manifested it or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But before meeting Zach, I was like fine with staying in Chicago and seeing what happens here. But I I think, I mean, it's only a five hour drive, so I'll be visiting quite often. And I still have a lot of friends here. Um, But I I think I am at the point of my life where I'm all in on just being with Zach every day. And And that's the thing is what you're, what you're gaining by leaving Chicago is way more than what you would receive from if you had stayed. Especially in pandemic Chicago. I know, Colleen, you can relate to being in pandemic Paris. So it's like, what's the point? Right. Everyone is migrating out of the big cities for a reason. So, you know, I don't get to commute downtown anymore or go out to bars with my friends. So walking around just to see a friend and outside in the frozen tundra of Chicago. <laughs> and it's nice you have one last Chicago summer. One last summertime shy, baby. Love it. I wants to party in Chicago this summer. <laughs> well, why don't you leave us with some final advice for individuals out there who are in an LDR that is undefined at the moment? Sure. So I hope... Obviously, I'm not an expert by any means, but that if you are in a long distance relationship, that you're not really sure where it's going, but you know that you want to be with that person. I hope this gives you the inspiration to have that tough conversation and just be upfront about your needs and what your standards are. And you can do it in a nice way. Not to say that you have to go to them and be like, this is what I need. Are you going to give it to me or not? (laughs) There's a a very, you know, nice way to have these scary conversations that isn't um, like passive aggressive or confrontational in that Mm -hmm. sense. Um, And I know Colleen and Ankit, you have talked about this in your past episodes as well. You can start the conversation. It doesn't have to be an end all be all conversation. Mm -hmm when you first bring it up. So hopefully that makes it a little less scary. 
And, you know, if you are in the early stages of talking to someone in a long distance setting, just, and you're not sure what you want out of it, just know long distance relationships are hard AF. <laughs> they are not easy. Um, they you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> takes a lot of emotional energy, a lot of, um, you know, there'll be a lot of anxiety if you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, so just know going into it what the reality of it is, but for the right person, um, if you are meeting each other's needs, it can be beautiful. Love it. I agree. Thank you so much, Allegra, for being on the show today. It was so great to rehash the good old days and the not so good old days and then to find out about the best days and the best days. Yes. So happy for you guys and to really see the evolution of this relationship. And what I, I think what I like most about your relationship is that it's real life, is that mm-hmm. there were real life problems that caused issues in your relationship and it wasn't a black and white problem like it it, it's a very unique relationship and you guys Mm -hmm. have worked through it and make it work with with still treating yourself with respect and I think that's the most important part of it Mm -hmm. right well thank you so much it was an adventure with the with the happy ending yeah so many ups and downs but we stuck it out, and I am so happy that it is where it is today. Yay! Well, thanks so much, Allegra. Thank, Thank you for you. being on the show. I'm so excited to just be in the same room as both of you and squeeze you again. Oh my God, <laughs> the day, the day. If you guys liked what you heard on today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And follow us on social media at the LDR Podcast. And if you want to reach us, you can write to us at the LDRpod at gmail.com. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.